Our guest on the podcast this week is Seamus McAteer, who grew up in Dublin but is now living in San Francisco. Seamus has had a very successful career as a serial entrepreneur, starting companies, developing them and selling them. He tells us about how he ended up in the USA and how he obviously took to the American way of business with gusto. Seamus outlines how he puts together intellectual property, market traction and a great team of people which then builds into something of strategic value that can get acquired. You'll hear how he describes himself in one word, or actually technically two, which tells you a lot about his, his view. He talks about how he puts the team together and inspires them to work towards a common goal. Seamus also talks about the famous culture of Silicon Valley. It's really interesting to hear what he says about taking risks. It's a great podcast. I know you'll enjoy it. Plus, we end on a cracker of a song. This podcast is sponsored by Netzer, Digital First Selling. During these times of COVID and falling telco sales, Digital First Selling is the answer to new customer acquisition, increasing revenues and cost reduction. If you are a telco, an MVNO or an eSIM provider, we have the ideal Digital First Selling as a Service solution for you. The Netzer Digital First Selling Solution enables you to sell and onboard remotely. It will integrate with your BSS and OSS systems and with Salesforce, and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so that we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution. Welcome to the podcast this week, and we have a really interesting guest with Seamus McAteer. Seamus is an Irish man living in San Francisco, but has an incredible pedigree of startups, entrepreneurship, taking technology and bringing it to market. So first of all, Seamus, welcome to the podcast. Delighted to have you here. Thanks, Pat. Delighted to be here. Happy Christmas almost. <laughs> How are things with COVID in San Francisco? Uh, we went into close to lockdown Sunday night. Uh, we've seen a spike in cases. We have sort of practice Christmas here, Thanksgiving, where a lot of people get together. And, uh, <laughs> that resulted in uh, a spike, you know. But all in all, I think people have been very responsible in San Francisco and the Bay Area mm -hmm. in a relative sense compared to uh, parts of the country. And uh, we're blessed here with, you know, an outstanding healthcare infrastructure, uh, you know, so there's been no, sh no shortage of testing, you know, clinical care for those that are impacted by the disease. Okay, very good. So anyway, let's, let's um, talk maybe a bit about your past. You're, you're a Dublin man. You went yeah. to Trinity College. You seem to... You, you you got out to the States at some stage. Uh, well, I, I actually studied at the COMAT, College of Marketing and Design, which is called something else now, Technological okay. University of Dublin. We had a degree program that was sponsored by Trinity. So I got the BS from Trinity and studied marketing. Got a BS in business or management sciences from, from, uh, from Trinity, yeah. Yeah, I did the I did the marketing program, sales marketing program in um, T, uh, Technical University of Dublin, Technology University of Dublin, DIT. Uh, yeah. It was excellent, really top quality stuff. It was. It was a good program. It was for, you know, it was 
good, you know, we did a thesis at the end of it. And I made a lot of great friends there. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a good time for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what yeah. brought you to America? I came here initially on the J-1 visa when uh, in my third year in college. I took a year out of school. I took a year out of college uh, after spending a few months in New York, and I traveled around the States. Wound up in San Francisco in 1990, just after the earthquake. Really loved the city. Stayed here for a year. Met a woman. uh, Met a young girl. At that time, I was young. You know, she she came out to Ireland, and I knew I was going to come back. I knew I was going to come back to San Francisco. I finished college and uh, applied for a visa in the lottery and got that. Moved back to uh, San Francisco. Never looked back. You know, there was a bunch of us moved out around the same time in the early 90s. It was a different time in Dublin, as you know. Yeah, 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 I remember. Right now. Yeah, and you've got into... You have a very interesting career, Seamus. You you seem to be able to spot companies that need uh, growing up, maybe a basic idea or maybe your own basic idea, and you're able to bring it to market, get the first customer, get the first product, maybe minimum viable product. Is Would that be a fair summary of where your main skill set is? Yeah, I, I think that's what I've done since my mid-30s, so... You know, the last 15 years or so, I've been, that's, that's been my pattern. I uh, had a career as an analyst, as an industry analyst during pre-dot-com bubble. And during the dot-com bubble, I was, a, I was an oft-quoted uh, analyst <laughs> covering emerging technology. And, you know, honestly, I felt like a bit of a phony because it's very easy to be a critic you know mm-hmm. it's very hard to actually do things and yeah. uh, bring something to market mm-hmm. my first effort to do that was a company called uh, m metrics which was a media measurement company focused on mobile technology back and launched in 2004 uh, back when people were downloading ringtones, the phones, you know, people were playing Snake on their Nokia. <laughs> uh, so that was, we were tracking how people were using phones to do things other than make voice calls. And mm-hmm. that turned into quite a successful company. We sold it, uh, we raised Venture, we sold it to Comscore. After they had gone public, they were kind of the, the currency for media measurement for the web. We sold it to them. You know, I subsequently worked. I, I helped a couple of other entrepreneurs bring their ideas to fruition uh, as a board member and had a, had, a, had a couple of exits and then helped a, a guy who was was kind of the brain behind a, a new form of research on Wall Street, quantum mental, sort of mining large data sets to understand how public companies will perform. Mm-hmm. And uh, helped him diversify outside finance when the markets collapsed in 2009. We sold that business. And, and um, you know, I had a couple of startups of my own that we sold in quick succession. Very good. Um, you know, we created 
something that was strategically valuable. I'm able to hire, attract great talent, technical talent. There's a lot of it here. And, you know, I seem to bring a dimension that they like to the table. Mm-hmm. And so I can build a good team, you know, focus on an idea. And even if there's no scalable business, if you build something that's strategically valuable with a good team, you can find an exit, which is my experience. So I've, I've managed to successfully sell three companies I started, uh, giving a nice return to investors. And um, then for three and a half years, I, I worked with another entrepreneur, a guy called Sam Liang, who founded a company called Otter.ai. It's called AI Sense when we started it. It's focused on transcription technology. Our, our first deal was with Zoom which licensed our technology. And then we brought our own product to market. I I headed up all commercial activity there and grew that business with an amazing team to, it's it's doing very well. We've got, Mm. you know, multi, it's it's a big, it's a a rocket ship. Well, that's that's amazing. That's incredible, James. That's what you said there was interesting, James. So, you're you bring basically up your ideas powerpoint slides whatever uh, but you bring it to a point of strategic value would you tease that out for me i presume you're not talking actual, not necessarily talking actual ramping sales you're talking about something else i'm guessing it's a little bit of both right so something's really strategically valuable if you're ramping sales <laughs> and i you know we did that with otter i did that at majestic research with tony at m metrics my other startups, one was a mobile demand side platform. Uh, it's in the ad tech space. And we had some, you want some early customers to prove it out. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise it's just a science experiment. Mm-hmm. So we, we had people actually using the product. We were able to demonstrate there was value in the product. And uh, we received an offer for the business when we were, you know, less than one year old that just yeah. it wouldn't have made sense not to sell. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so we had proof points. And I can say that as well with DataSnap, which was focused on analytics for location data with a specific focus on Bluetooth beacons, which was the wrong focus, actually, in retrospect. We could spin it as uh, an analytics platform for IoT, we sold it to Newstar, which was launching its IoT business and, and was seeking people with expertise in that area. So that was really more of an aquahire and the, the, with, uh, you know, evaluation that's higher than that because we had some IP. Yeah. So IP plus great talent uh, plus some market traction, there's value there. There's some value there. You know, in terms of getting a startup to scale, which I've done now a couple of times, three times, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's like uh, it's it's like bottling fire. It's hard. <laughs> it, things have to really align in terms of product market fit, in terms of, you know, team and team dynamics, just execution on tech and product 
so yeah, it's you need product market fit. You need a great product, and you need an outstanding team. And even then, you're not assured of success. You've um, right. No, I mean that's interesting. I mean, I can hear you talk the way you talk. Your sense of judgment about the state of each of those components and how they fit together. Obviously, this is what you do. And what do you what what Seamus bring? I mean, you you describe yourself as what? What would you describe yourself as? Well, as I said, uh, part, you know, when we were chatting earlier, I'm a wheeler dealer. You know, <laughs> I learned. You I'm a hustler. I grew up in Dublin. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, so uh, I, I I know how to do a deal, yeah. and I know how to align interests, and I understand how to hire awesome people yeah. and motivate them and give them a sense of ownership. What I've been good at is hiring people who are themselves super type A, um, want to succeed at all costs, and are very detail oriented, driven to you know, and 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 excellent project managers. Yeah, those are. I'm not an excellent project manager, and I'm I'm not super detail oriented. You know, it's fair to say I understand what that looks like, yeah. and I like those components. I need those components to be there, but I, I need to be around people who can do that. Do that and, right, yeah. and that's what I've been good at is just getting great talent, mm-hmm. having them work well together, deliver, and giving them ownership. Right. I mean, I, I, I can sense you're, you you have a strong sense of what you're strong at and what you'd like someone else to do because they might be stronger in that space. Yeah, I think that's just maturity. You yeah. Know? So yeah. I think, you know, that's the key is to, to and, and, you know, the, the key to my success has been enabling great people to own big challenges. So, you know, if you've got a great, you know, a great person will be, uh, you know, they're motivated. Uh, They get their motivation when they see, you know, a, a, big uh, challenge to them that that's what mm. animates them and 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 that's those are the people who i'm good at spotting and i'm i'm good at attracting yeah yeah uh, putting the team together yeah how, putting the team together how much is that how much of it is due to the culture of where you're living i mean famously the valley and so on and the the, yeah. the, the sandy hill or whatever it is um i mean how much of it is that ecosystem you're living in? You know, um, I think there's no there, there's no downside to taking risk in in San Francisco. There's a downside to not taking risk. If you don't take risk, you can't buy a house. You know, you can't live. It's a, it's expensive, and it's become very expensive. So, you know, you need a you need to take risk. You need a win or two you know, to, 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 to live here. And, um, you know, so I, I think that culture that people don't judge you for taking risks and people don't judge you if 
the risk doesn't pan out is something that's American. It's a very American. It's a characteristic of of of, of America, and um, you know it, it's definitely part of the culture. It's the, it defines the culture of Silicon Valley right. in San Francisco, and taking big risks. There's one if if there's if there's one thing that I, I would criticize myself for it's the risks I've taken of being too small. Uh, mm. actually. And I learned that actually working with Sam on Otter, Otter.ai. He, he's, it's an audacious problem. It's a big problem. You know, and he's going up against Amazon and, and Google and Apple mm. and fearlessly and winning. Um, oh. You know, and just being part of that journey with that team, I brought a lot from that. So, you know, I feel like energized uh, yeah, yeah. now. And I, I'm constantly talking and speaking with other entrepreneurs. So I had a call this morning with a guy I'm working with and advising and helping him with his business. And that's what we talked about. It's like he's, his wife is pregnant with their third kid. <laughs> They've got, you know, he's got a good, successful business. And uh, we're talking about what to do next. And you can't be, there's no optionality, man. Yeah. You've got to go for it. Yeah, yeah. Because the downside of not taking a risk is much greater. Right. Okay. You know, you've, got a, you've got a small team. You've got limited resources. You've got to be all in on one big <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's brilliant, Seamus, listening to you talk. It's definitely, you can see the cultural differences and you're obviously thriving there. So look, yeah. it's, it's been brilliant having you on the podcast. Thanks yes. for coming on and, and sharing your experience. Um, at, on the podcast, we ask people to play, nominate a song to play out on. So what would you, you like to hear? Gotta Get Away by Stiff Little Fingers. It changed <laughs> my life. When I bought that album when I was 14, <laughs> I put it on. I was like, oh, my God. Flammable material, but got to get away. Is bad. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be, as a band, you can't beat them. They're, they're, they're oh, yeah, yeah. Hard and rock and roll, aren't they? Yes. Oh, well, listen, Seamus, thanks very much. Thank you, Pat. That's the luck. <laughs>